When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. It's time to get inside the Giants huddle. Huddle up, huddle up, huddle up. On Giants.com. Here we go, here we go. And the Giants mobile Get them in there, let's go. Part of the Giants podcast network. Welcome to our annual tradition, our Beat Reporter Roundtable, right here on the Giants Huddle Podcast and the Giants Mobile App and Podcast platforms everywhere. You can also go to Giants.com slash podcast to check out all of our other podcast offerings. We're joined by Art Stapleton of The Record in USA Today, Tom Rock of Newsday, and Paul Schwartz of the New York Post. We're already laughing. This is going to be a fun 45 minutes or so, guys. So buckle up. We should have a lot of fun. And just for the record, we are recording this on Friday morning. Uh, we already got into trouble with our other podcast recording on Thursday for Friday shows. And then Blake Martinez got let go. So if anything crazy happens on Friday, Saturday or Sunday over the weekend, and we don't talk about it. That's why don't get mad at us. Gentlemen, how are you? The season's a week away. You pumped? What's up, fellas? Doing uh, doing all right. Excited yeah. to have something real to write about rather than uh, training camp and preseason games. It always seems long, but for some reason, I don't know why this seemed longer. I mean, OTAs, uh, you know, the mini camps, the training camp, it just seemed. And then like, okay, everything's over. We're ready for the season. And we had like more than two weeks to go before the season. So Bonus it's still, week. Yeah, it's, it's, it's September 11th is, um, is coming, we know, and, and the Nashville game, but it seems like it's taking forever to get here. Yeah, my theory on that is that we didn't have any practices on the road against other teams, so there was nothing there to break up the monotony of practice here, so that's kind of my theory on that. Real, real quick before we start, we're going to do some promotion here. Go back, check out a couple prior episodes of the Giants Huddle Podcast. We have a Warren Sharp season preview and Albert Breer season preview. Go back, check that out. And, of course, the one that posted a couple days ago, Bob Papa with Joe Shane and Brian Dable. And if you're a fan of the draft, we're doing a draft season podcast once a month throughout the season. Eric Crocker, Tony Pauline, uh, that went up a couple days ago. Go subscribe on the separate draft season podcast feed to watch that. We had Bruce Feldman from Fox Sports talking about potential draft eligible players on that podcast. All right, guys, let's start here. And I, I guess I'll go around the horn. Uh, Art Stapleton, let's start with you. And then we'll go Paul and Tom. Your thoughts on the Giants letting go on Blake Martinez, something we learned late on Thursday. Yeah, you know, I, I think... Um... We looked at the summer traditionally how we would look at the summer and with Blake coming off the ACL and they restructured his contract, he came back with the pay cut. And I think the signs were in front of us the entire summer, but we were just looking at it through a different lens. I think we all thought that week one in Nashville, Blake would be out there taking a full complement of snaps. Uh, But I think if you look at the signs now in hindsight, maybe we should have looking at it as, He just wasn't getting enough run in this defense and they were phasing him out. And I think that's kind of what we saw last night. Uh, To me, the big red flag came on Tuesday when the captains were announced and you have 10 captains and Blake Martinez did not get uh, enough votes to be a captain. That kind of showed me that, wait a minute, something is up. I tweeted something about the mystery of Blake Martinez uh, and I probably should have written it a little bit harder uh, but I, I just had that gut feeling that something was going on that uh, that really we weren't privy to. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I didn't know if I should write that I was surprised but not shocked or that I was shocked but not surprised. You know, um, did I expect it to happen? No, I didn't. But I'm certainly not surprised. You know, when we were we got in the locker room right for the first time in more than two years. And when the locker room was open, OK, media locker rooms open. As we're walking in, the first person walking out was Blake Martinez, right? And that is traditionally a time, okay, you know, you see some players walk out, but if you're a team leader, if you're going to be one of the guys, you know you stay, right? The media's coming in for the first time, then there's going to be a three-day break. He was walking out. Now, at that point, I don't think he was walking out ever to return, but you know what you think, when you get rid of a player, what do you think? Cheap, healthy. Is he cheap and he, if he's healthy? If he's cheap and he's healthy, he's probably going to stay. Well, Blake Martinez, because of that big, you know, salary slash that Art talked about, was cheap. Was he healthy? I think he was healthy, right? He got through the whole summer, so I figured he'd be safe. But the one thing is, and I don't know if anyone on this, you know, panel can talk about it. You know, I we all wrote, and I think, and I know I wrote, he wasn't a scheme fit. 
But I'm not sure what that means because he makes a lot of tackles and there's nobody on this roster with a lot of pedigree to make tackles. So I don't know. I think every scheme needs you to make tackles, but something wasn't right. I think it was kind of, he thought it was time to go. They thought it was time to leave and that was it. Yeah, if you haven't, if you haven't caught on yet, Wink Martindale wants Wink Martindale guys. And and Logan Ryan wasn't the Wink Martindale guy. He was part of the old regime. And Blake Martinez wasn't a Wink Martindale guy. He was part of the old regime. And now they're gone. And the Giants either ate or or had had minimal salary cap implicate uh, savings from from departing with those two former captains who who were such integral parts of the defense for the last two years. And now are not, and and so they're they're going to he's going to bring in his own people, and and we saw that a little bit with you know during during the during the off season we saw it with with Tony Jefferson coming here from the for, to join the practice squad just to get a crack to get on the field because he knows he knows the defense, uh, you know as far as as far as being a scheme fit you know Blake is a Blake's an old school middle linebacker I think and 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 I don't know that that's necessarily what Wink is looking for here from the defense uh there there never seemed to be a connection as we talked about with the green dot going to uh to Xavier and 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 not to Blake uh there there never seemed to be a connection with with the defense I think I think Tay Crowder is probably a little more athletic probably not as productive but he did have 130 tackles last year uh you know he can he can make plays he's not he's not the Mr. Irrelevant that that he came into the league as uh, there's, there's obviously some question marks next to him, but how often are they going to have those two inside middle linebackers on the, on the field anyway, they, they're going to be a lot of, a lot of, uh, sub packages and blitzing. And one of the guys you're going to see up there a lot is Julian Love, and he's, he's going to take a lot of those reps. So, uh, I, I don't think that it's, uh, it's as big a surprise. I think the timing is more of a surprise than anything. Yeah. But one week you might see a lot of you know, all the linebackers on the field is week one against the Titans when you're facing Derrick Henry. So uh, what, let, 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 let's go Paul, Tom, Art this time. Paul, what is that going to look like now? A middle linebacker inside the other inside linebacker spot. And then quite frankly, with the Ojolari and Thibodeau injuries, the two outside linebacker spots too, you could have Derrick Henry running at a bunch of guys that don't have a ton of NFL experience. Well, I, I'm prepared to be surprised, put it that way. You know, we, we you know, Wink Martindale has been in the league, but you know, right. There was some packages here with, you know, this summer with four inside linebackers on the field at once. And it's like, well, that doesn't seem like a Wink Martindale defense, but you know, I can't say I, I know for sure what it was, is going to be. You know, I tried to follow along and pick the guys and, you know, I knew Blake wasn't going to be a perfect fit. You know, there's Austin Calitro, a guy who three weeks ago, you know, I wouldn't given you a lot of money that he was going to be on the roster. He played very well in the, in the preseason. You know, is he going to be a guy who's been on what, eight or 10 practice squads? You know, is he going to be a guy who's going to get 30 snaps? You know, here's the thing, you know, Blake was going to be on the team. He was going to get what, 25 snaps a game. So they can get 25 snaps a game or 30 snaps a game from any one of a number of these guys. But, you know, is does he like Carter Coughlin better? You know, Carter Coughlin maybe can, 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 you know, shoot the gap and blitz a little more that, that Wink wants. I don't know. I mean, it just seems that the person who replaces Blake is not going to be a big time player in this defense. That's what it seems to me. The guy I look to is, is Micah McFadden. He's, he's the, he's the draft pick. He's the linebacker. Obviously they, they wish they had uh, uh, Darren Beaver still, yeah. still, or he would, he would have had a, a huge role in it. And honestly, if he was, if he, and we've, we've spoken about this in the, in the past on the sidelines, I think if Beavers hadn't gotten injured when he did, Martinez's departure probably would have been hastened a little bit. Uh, but McFadden, I mean, this is this is a guy who's you know he's built like a like a fire hydrant. His his neck is his neck is probably as, as you know as thick as his as his helmet. So uh, when he when he comes downhill, I think he's going to be a big thumper and and he's going to be able to. Uh, be, be that force in the middle but then you also have the the, the guys up front they got to get through those those defense that defensive line to get to the linebackers and and i think when you look at dexter and um uh leo they're, they're gonna have you know they're gonna have a, a pretty good pretty good up front package there to to be able to shield those linebackers a little bit yeah i mean i, I agree and i think tom's point about beavers uh is a huge one uh because i do think that had he gotten not had he not gotten hurt we probably would have seen blake in the first round of cuts 
uh, because I think Beavers was going to take that job. It's interesting with Beavers and McFadden, and then you have you had Blake and Crowder. You know, it looked like they were being groomed as a pair and it didn't necessarily see the crossover. You know, there were a lot of fans who were asking, well, will Beavers just replace Tay Crowder and then play Blake and Beavers together? But I, it didn't look like that's what Wink was looking to do. Uh, I got a guy for you. Uh, he's currently a free agent. LJ Fort played uh, inside linebacker for Wink down in Baltimore. Uh, so I could see them kind of making a move like that. Uh, a guy that's not necessarily going to have, you know, like John said, 60 snaps on defense, but on the rundown specifically, bring a guy in that could just kind of play the run. I mean, essentially play the run. And if they're going to spread you out, then you go to your, your sub packages and, and see how things go. But look, the Ravens under Wink last year gave up some monster rushing performances. So it wouldn't be the first time that, an opposing offense came and kind of attacked Wink's defense on the ground. But, um, you know, like the, like the guys are saying, I I think there is a little bit, I used that word before a little bit of mystery. I agree with Paul. We're going to get there on September 11th. And I think we're going to see things from this defense that maybe we didn't anticipate, or we haven't seen from the giants the last couple of years, they may work, they may not, but I think it shows that, that Wink, if Wink is convinced that something is going to work, he is going to pound it and pound it and pound it until it doesn't work and someone forces him to change it. Uh, so I think that's kind of what we're looking at uh, going into week one. But there is no perfect formula right now because the defense, as we expected with Blake Martinez, is not going to be that defense. Uh, and it might not be what Wink wanted anyway. All right, I want to get to the elephant in the room before we hit everything else on this roster. Uh, The quarterback, Daniel Jones, heading into the last year of his contract. And we can even, if you guys want to include Saquon Barkley in this conversation, we can too. Take it whatever direction you want, Tom. We can start with you. How do you view Daniel this year, Tom? You know, trying to earn a spot here long term. What does he have to do to do it? You know, I think everything Brian Dable said about him has been positive. Uh, You're just whole thoughts on, on what you're thinking about as you watch Daniel Jones take the field in 2022 and how that impact uh, the franchise long-term. Well, it goes back to what we were just talking about with wink that he wants to bring in his guys and, and they were able financially to get rid of the old giants and, and bring in, bring in his new, his new people. I think, I think Dable and, and Joe Shane want to do that with the offense too. They just couldn't dump those contracts at the time. And, and so 2022 is basically a tryout for the 2023 team for Daniel Jones and, and Saquon Barkley. And even the biggest, so there, there's a couple of situations that, that will be hard for the giants to the stomach. Obviously if they, if they both falter, then, then you have the, the draft pick. If they're both really good and the team succeeds, that's as almost as big a problem as, as anything, because then you go into the off season I just don't see how it's financially tenable to to bring both of them back next year. Uh, and Saquon Barkley, if he has an 1,800 rushing yard season, say, he's going to price himself out of coming back to the Giants. The Giants would he's more likely to come back to the Giants if he has 800 rushing yards and and four or six touchdowns than he will if he has 1,800 rushing yards and 14 or 16 touchdowns. So it's it's sort of a strange dynamic to be watching this. Obviously, Daniel Jones gets the first crack at seeing if he can be Brian Dable's new quarterback. But as we saw Joe Shane out this weekend, uh, scouting scouting quarterbacks already looking looking ahead to next year's draft. So it, it's it's definitely uh, definitely the hot seat for for both of those guys. Art, that was the first thing that I thought when Joe Shane told us about his plans to go to Notre Dame, Ohio State. First thing was. Joe Shea and I joke with him and said, you can't wear your Rudy jersey under your Giants gear because we know he grew up a big Notre Dame fan. But also, this is Joe Shane who was at Ohio State's Pro Day this past draft. And C.J. Stroud, the quarterback, just happened to be throwing for all of the skill guys at Ohio State. So we got to see him up close and personal there. And then first game out of the gates, he's going to see C.J. Stroud. Now, there are other talented players at Ohio State and Notre Dame but it certainly you know eyebrows were raised when when Shane said where he was going this weekend uh but look I, I think John you said it Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley control their future 
And whether their future is here or elsewhere, that's going to be determined based on how they perform this year, how the Giants perform, and how this roster and what the plan looks like for 2023. And I agree with what Tom said. They could either price themselves out. Uh, I think it's more likely that Jones plays his way into a next contract here than Saquon. Uh, and I just think because it's the running back and I'm not sure they value the running back in this system uh, the way it is. You look at what they had in Buffalo. They never really went out and got a quote unquote star runner. Uh, so I think the 2023 Giants are probably going to move forward without Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. But that doesn't mean that they won't be a huge part of 2022. And then they'll just have to decide and see where they're at as far as the you know, the plans in the off season. Paul. John, you know, first of all, I'm trying to figure out if going first, second or third here is the way to go. You know, I'm not sure the way <laughs> you're picking and if it's entirely fair, because I don't know, sometimes by third, I think my two esteemed colleagues have kind of got all the, you know, all the fodder out there. So I don't know. And the middle is kind of like, yeah, so I don't know. So this is, I'm going third in this one, right? Yes, it's like that's why I'm rotating the, though. The snake draft, yeah, yeah merry go round, yes. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's not gonna, it's not gonna come out in my favor. Pick right the now. Zoom box. I, I, I can tell. Can you hear me, John? Can you hear me? Yeah, on this? he got you. Okay, okay, I'm ready for Zoom. Okay. Um, you know what? One thing I don't agree with what Tom said is that there is no downside to Daniel Jones playing really well. None. You know, I mean, they are in the quarterback cycle now. You know, right? He's going to see C.J. Stroud. The Giants personnel are going to be at every game for every top quarterback they're in that loop again you know the last few years in buffalo they were not in that loop you know that's how the other half lives so if they extricate from this season that daniel jones he's our guy we're going to give him a nice contract we're not going to give him 40 million a year we'll get him a nice contract we can win with daniel jones or you know? by the way you can always just franchise him for a year and then figure it out if, if you need to <laughs> They're going to give him thirty million dollars to franchise him. If they're going to give him thirty million bucks to franchise him, then he's their quarterback, right? So then, if you're going to give him thirty, then I think you're going to give him a, a nice contract. And you that can't is, give him you can't give him thirty and have that thirty sitting on the salary. No, no, that, no that's fair no, too. No, he's your quarterback. If you know, he's there's no you know people said well they they can't give him twenty two with the fifth year option. They can just franchise him. Yeah, you're going to give a guy thirty million bucks and say we're still courting you. We're not sure if we want to marry you. No way. But. Look, if they get the, the quarterback is the main thing. That's what they need to figure out. You know, if David Gettleman was able to, to draft Justin Herbert, if he came out of college, the whole fate of the franchise might be different. So if they find out Daniel's not the guy, then they're in the quarterback loop again. Then whatever they have, the third, fourth, fifth, sixth pick, they got to pick a quarterback. Now he's your quarterback. Now Tyrod Taylor's your backup. Now the whole wheel starts over again. If it's Daniel Jones... You know, he doesn't have to be the best player in the league, but if they say, you know, Brian Dable knows quarterbacks and knows offenses. And after this year, he says, I'm fine with Daniel. Let's sign him. Let's go. Now they can pick anybody they want. Now they can fortify a roster that's not great. Now they're, they're in business. So, you know, you start over again with a new quarterback, you know, and, and you may have to do it, but then you're starting over again. Yeah, There's and I guess that, yeah, I'm go ahead. I'm sorry, Art. No, I was just going to say there is a middle ground, and Paul kind of touched on it, the idea that, when we address Daniel Jones contract for 2023, it's either, you know, they're going to give a monster contract or he's gone. There is a middle ground where Daniel Jones may like it here, may see this as his best opportunity. And the, uh, you know, they may look at and say, this is our best quarterback option for 2023. And there may be a middle ground contract wise to get Daniel Jones to stay here as a quarterback if they want him without, breaking the bank. And it is possible. You know, you look at the way the Steelers paid Mitch Trubisky for two years. I mean, Daniel Jones has to weigh his options too. If he doesn't get a big deal here and doesn't play out, you know, through the roof, what other team is coming and giving Daniel Jones a big money deal next year? You know, so that's also a possibility. The idea that Daniel Jones might have to look at a possibility where he's signing a contract that, you know, if you're getting Daniel Jones to play, for $20 million a year? I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure. Tom's shaking his head. Yeah, so Tom's shaking his head. And by the way, I'll just point out, there really is no middle class of quarterbacks yeah. in the NFL. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Have you, Go have ahead, you, Tom. Yeah, have you seen the playoffs in, in the last couple of years? This is a quarterback-driven league. Middle ground quarterbacks are, are not invited to the games in January and February. That's that's just the way the NFL is right now. You need a, you need a, a player who's going to be spot-on, 
and lead the team and, and be a dynamic playmaker. Daniel Jones can do that. We've seen him do that a couple of, uh, a few times. We've also seen him, him regress and, and, and make mistakes. It's, it's his consistency with, with that. That's, that's the trouble. You need to have a quarterback who can, who you can rely on, who can come up big in big moments. And, and we're going to find out this year if Daniel Jones is that guy. All right. So Paul, let's, uh, let's go with you here since you didn't do two follow-ups there. Um, and you know, you were complaining, so I'll give in to you. It's fine. Uh, Squeaky your wheel. thoughts on what's around you know, me complaining is not exactly breaking news. Okay? No, it is not. Not no. at all. Uh, your thoughts on what's around Daniel and Saquon weapons outside wide receiver, offensive line, pick whichever one you want to talk about in terms of whether or not Daniel's in a better situation this year than in past years to, you know, have more success. What's around Daniel. Okay. Um, well, you know what? Um, every year, um, and, you know, my two, the two guys know every year, right? Every couple of years, we would ask Eli Manning, um, you know, probably in, in August at some point, Eli, is this the uh, best set of uh, <laughs> receivers you've had ever? And he, oh, yeah, I like what they're doing. He would never say yes. He would never say no. You know what I mean? And um, um, we didn't ask the quarterbacks that too often this summer, you know, and, and, you know, potentially it's okay. I'll just talk about the receivers. But when you look at the other units in the league, um, a lot has to go right. You know, I mean, you know, we, we've, you know, all of us here have, have, have watched everything that Kenny Galladay does. And if anyone is really pumped up for, you know, number 19 running out there and, and having a great season, then, you know, God bless you. You know, I mean, he's capable of being a good player, but, you know, we just haven't seen it with the Giants. Uh, Kadarius Tony, we've seen, you know, not even flashes. I mean, there's like a snippet here and there. And he says he's ready to go. And that's fine. He could have a big game in, in Nashville. But Will he have a big game the next week and the next week? I mean, until he plays a lot of games in a row, he's kind of a myth. You know, uh, Wandale Robinson, I think, is a nice guy, a nice player. But did you notice things kind of not slowed down for him in the preseason games a little bit? He kind of looked smaller in the preseason games a little bit. You know, he's going to have a, a, um, an adjustment period, you know, a, you know, a five-foot, whatever, seven receiver, five-foot-eight receiver. He's going to have an adjustment, even though he'll play a big role. Darius Slayton, David Sills. Um, you know, the receivers are um, not quite dynamic and um, not quite that exciting. And, um, you know, how many fantasy football leagues are going to pick those guys high up in their draft? You know what I mean? Not a lot. So, um, you know, potential, but, um, you know, the offensive line better give Daniel a lot of time. Okay. Because if he's waiting for Kenny Gallen to break free, it's going to be a long wait. Tom? Well, that was a great segue, Paul, right into the offensive line, which is what I was going to talk about. I don't know what Art's going to talk about. We're running out of position groups but uh, <laughs> we, we got I mean, special teams is an art specialty okay? <laughs> yeah the whole the whole special team segment could be for art i won't say it, i'm put on mute for special teams okay the art right. special teams guy yeah that's fine that's fine he can he can, he can do the t-mac uh the, the ode to t-mac uh so but the offensive line that they're, they're good they're they're not great they're i think andrew thomas is uh you know, is poised to have a, re a really good breakout breakout season. I think he's going to uh, potentially be in a lot of Pro Bowl uh, conversations toward the end of the year. The rest of the line, eh, but that's what they're going for. I mean, eh, is much better than what they've had the last couple eh of years. Eh, is better than meh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? that's, they, they, they've had so many years of that, that, that just being functional, being able to do a double team and take on a, a twist – is is astounding that they're able to do that and and we look at you know we talked about what that line is going to do for daniel and you know i don't know if they're going to be able to protect him long enough for kenny galladay to get open but what the line is going to do for saquon we've already seen that that whole north south not dancing anymore you know saquon said himself you know, i'm not going to run into the backs of my offensive linemen that's what he had to do in the last couple of years when when coaches said get get north and south and, and stop dancing. He was he was there was no place to go. Now there's at least cracks for him to try to try to squeeze through and and push forward for a couple of yards. And I think he's confident in that group. And I I think it's going to go a long way toward toward helping him be a, a more successful running back uh, and and uh, and and help the team be be more functional as as an offense we saw we've 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 seen the we've seen the dark side basically of of what an off what an offensive line can't do uh now we're going to see what what an offensive line who is filled that is filled with 
some professional players who who can function in the NFL can can provide. Art, I'm going to be the football nerd and go schematics. Uh, I'm going to look at this offense and this system and say, yes, the talent is not where it needs to be. You're not looking at you know, a team that is just overflowing. And like, you know, you said the questions about asking the quarterbacks, is this the best collection of guys you have? I agree with Tom, with Andrew Thomas. I think he's the best player on the offense. And I think he's the most important player on the offense because I think for fans of this team, if you're watching this offense, if you have a potential Pro Bowl left tackle in year three, from where he came from to now, that's going to mean something for this team. And I do believe that, you know, Evan Neal at right tackle will ultimately, you know, come October will be a much better player than he even is in September. Yeah. Or, or I just want to jump in real quick. I hope yeah. fans do learn a lesson from the Andrew Thomas experience. Everyone was giving up on the kid in the first eight games of his rookie year. Please have some patience with Evan Neal. There might be some rough moments early, but from everything all of us have heard, I think we all think he's going to be okay long-term. Right. Uh, but schematically, this offense, I, I love the route tree. I love the routes that they're running. I think Brian Dable and Mike Kafka have a way of getting guys open, maybe except for Kenny Galladay. Um, you know, but I think what this offense looks like in week one, we are going to see things that fans dreamed of seeing from the last two years is that that's the way the NFL has gone. It's a modernized offense. Now, granted, you need the talent. The players are what makes it work. But I do think that schematically also, and Tom touched on it, this offensive line may not be ranked top 10, top 15, but what they do or what they showed in the run game this summer the way they use combo blocks and pulling guys and actually creating holes leads me to believe, like Tom said, if you're Saquon Barkley, it's the best running line that you've had. So it's now time to show that you can be the running back that people say you can't be the one that could go North South and make plays and get those extra yards uh, and I think that's kind of what I'm most intrigued about this offense is that I know sometimes we put too much on the coaches and it, it, the system and the way things are, but Brian Dable is the head coach of the giants because of that. Yeah. He is here in this position and got to the point where he's so respected in the league, not just as a play caller, but schematically the way they were able to put together that offense in Buffalo. And I think, that will have a big impact, at least the Giants hope and they need to, to really help some of this talent get going uh, and make it a little easier for the quarterback and the running back rather than saying, Daniel Saquon, go lead us because we've seen how well that's worked the last couple of years. Hey, Giant fans, Giant season tickets are on sale now for 2022, but there's not a lot of time left. Games are coming. In addition to ticket savings, membership benefits include access to exclusive events, experiences, pre-sales, and more. You can lock in your seats starting at just $100. Call 888-NYG-1925 or visit Giants.com slash tickets for more information. No one mentioned the tight ends. Does anyone have anything to say about the tight end room? What tight ends? I know. A anyone? lot to be asked of Daniel Bellinger to come in and all of a sudden be tight end one. Uh, I think uh, I'm a little, little nervous for him and his development early on that too much is going to be put on his plate. We already saw in the preseason that he had that one pass that turned into an interception for Daniel Jones. Uh, I, ideally, the Giants add a veteran presence at tight end and let Bellinger kind of come along. I don't want to say slowly, but come along at his pace because they sure as th have thrown a lot at him this summer. Um, and I, I wouldn't want to stunt his development because I do think he has a chance to be a pretty good player. Um, that's my concern with the, the lack of depth at tight end is that too much is going to be on the plate of Daniel Bellinger. Uh, and then fans, I mean, I know fans don't matter. Media doesn't matter, but the expectations can really weigh you down. Someone else can jump in on tight ends. I'll also throw out this question. Whoever wants to jump in, who's the starting left guard in week one? Well, Art talked about schematics, right? How many times is Brian Dable and Mike Kaffa going to have two tight ends on the field at one time? Yeah, probably you know, not a ton. Not, not a ton compared to last year, right, with Jason Garrett. Not a ton. So, yeah, I mean, you know, Daniel Bellinger is a lot on him. Um, but, look, they have two tight ends on the roster. It was interesting that they listed Chris Myrick as a fullback right now. 
He's not like a traditional fullback. He looks like a tight end, but that goes to show you, you know, we're only going to put two on the roster and, and, and Myra's going to fill a kind of a different role. And um, it's not very important for me, you know, is what Brian Dable is saying, you know, we're going to have four wides and five wides and, you know, he, he used the tight end in Buffalo, but he wants those other guys in more featured spots. So look, there's different ways to skin a cat, right? You know, the, 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 um, you know, the, the great tight ends in the league. Yeah. The giants are not going to be in that category and they didn't draft one to be in that category. And they certainly didn't sign any to be in that category. Who's the starting left guard, Tom opening day. Max Garcia, Ben Bredesen. That's, you know, those, are, those are the guys have been here. I think by the time we get to October, it's going to be one of these guys that they claimed. You don't think Azudu um, has a shot at it. I don't, I don't think Azudu has been on the field long enough. Yeah, I think if, enough. He, if he had stayed healthy through training camp, and, and been able to show them something, I think I think he would have would have had that spot. I, I don't know that you can trust him out there. The the reps we saw that he did take against uh the Patriot uh um who did they play in the, the Patriots in the in the opener before the game he got hurt there when he when he stepped in for Lemieux he looked a little overmatched. Uh you know it's fine. He's he's a he's a player that they wanted to develop, not throw into a, a starting role here right away. So I think they go with I think they go with a veteran uh, uh there and and the tight end you know I, Tanner Hudson I mean he's the most accomplished guy in in the tight end room he's he's, he's nice nice guy and and he's got some experience he's got a Super Bowl ring he played with Gronk he played with Kittle uh now he's playing with Myrick and uh, and Bellinger so we'll, we'll we'll see we'll see what he can do with that I think Jack Anderson and or uh I guess it's Tyree Phillips is that how you say his first yeah, name? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. They did obviously they were claims this week. I think Anderson has an opportunity. Uh, you know, he was down in Philly. He got great coaching from Stoutland. Uh, and he is familiar with this offense, even though it was only a couple months last year. Uh, Anderson was in Buffalo before Philly signed him. So I think that that familiarity between Joe Shane and then Brandon Brown, who was in Philly, so he knows Anderson from last year. I think that's a guy who, uh, if not in week one, uh, takes over that left guard spot uh, for for the Giants, at least for the short term. And then we'll see if Azudu can develop into uh, that player. All right, let's jump over to the defensive side of the ball, boys. Let's start this time with you, Tom. What position do you have your eyes on that you think is going to be really essential to how this team performs in 2022 with Wink Martindale here? Oh, I wanted that one. Okay, good. <laughs> well, should I ask Paul what he was going to say? And yeah, if you want, yeah. I mean, if you want to be gracious about it, usually we're not here, but that's okay. <laughs> well, I was going to touch on the cornerback position, but let's see what yeah, you well, I'll, I'll talk about that too. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, the cornerback is is the thinnest position that, that they have. You know, their, their third best cornerback is probably their starting safety, Julian Love. So you look at, you know, Aaron, Aaron Robinson out there, it, it's, it's just not, it doesn't look like it's going to work. And, and they're going to have to find a way if they're going to blitz and pressure and pressure and blitz like Wink wants to, you have to be able to, to cover a little bit on, on the back end. And we've seen quarterbacks from Daniel Jones to, to everyone else that they've faced so far go right after number th- number 33 out there and and it's going to it's going to get ugly because even if he wins half of them he's going to lose half of them and 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 so it it's he's just going to be picked on and picked on and and I think that's when you talk about a weak link to a defense that's the weak that's the weak link right there Adoree Jackson may be, he may get ten passes thrown in his direction all season, because other other teams are gonna are gonna look out there. They're gonna they're gonna see Robinson and they're gonna say that that's our guy. That's that's the one we're going after. Paul, what would you like to add to that on the cornerback position? You know what I was thinking when Blake got cut, right? We find out Blake gets cut, and I was looking and saying who would have who on this roster would have? I mean, I'm not talking about you know Andrew Thomas or Leonard Williams, but who kind of a mid level guy would I have been shocked at? And I said, you know, you know, other than Blake. And I said, you know, if they cut Darnay Holmes, right, I would have been floored. Yeah, me too. Shocked. And Darnay Holmes is a guy who has not had a lot of success in the NFL with the Giants, right, so far in his career. And he is now looked at as an essential slot corner. So 
you know, Tom mentioned Aaron Robinson, and you know that is fraught with peril. That thinking that he's a CB two, you know, I, you know, he says, you know, I mean, I, I'm not sure quarterbacks are going to be that um, not throwing at Dory Jackson. He has really not proved he's a cornerback one either. And Darnay Holmes certainly has not proved that he is a capable slot corner in the NFL. So, um, you know, it's it's rough. They picked up some new guys. Uh, look, we talked about Wink and his schemes. You know, Art mentioned they got run out a lot last year. You know, schemes only go so far. You know, I mean, anybody, any, all four of us can say, oh, dial up a blitz on this play. Okay, that's great. But you got to have a back end. You got to be able to protect. You got to get home with those blitzes. So, um, yeah, cornerback situation is, is, you know, the defense, you can see that there are some spots there that are okay. But until proven otherwise, you cannot hide cornerbacks. And, man, this is a rough situation. Or you can add to that or bring up another group, whatever you want to do. Well, I'll stay on the back end and I'll go to the safeties because I think if we see what they've done at the position, it looks like they acknowledge the fact that it's going to be hard to find corners. So let's just load up on safeties. Now that may not succeed, but when you talk about Xavier McKinney, Julian Love, Dane Belton looks like he'll be ready to go for week one off of the collarbone. And then you add Jason Pinnock from the Jets and Tony Jefferson, who has had a lot of success with Wink, um, I, I think between those five guys, you could see because Pinnock, Love, and Jefferson are all special teams guys, you could see all five of those guys on the game day roster. Uh, and then Wink is mixing and matching to see what works. I mean, you're not going to be able to hide Aaron Robinson, but um, look, there's a hole there. And I don't know if they can succeed by just biting the bullet and saying, we're just going to live and die with Aaron Robinson at corner and see if he can develop in real time and, um, and make it happen. Uh, but their cap situation and what they have for 2023 and whether Cordell Flott is an outside guy or an inside guy, who knows, maybe by mid year, he's playing on the outside a little bit. Uh, but those guys, it's kind of hard not to mention the one spot on this team uh, that, you know, really raises flags. I mean, teams, teams know it. You're not hiding it. Tennessee is certainly scheming up. Okay. Where's 33. <clears throat> What's a play that can work against these guys on the back end. All right. So we touched on a lot of the defense here, guys, what else on the defense are you keep an eye on? You know, we talked about Leonard and Dexter tackle. I mean, that's gotta be the strength of the unit. I would think you could touch on that. And then, what do you think about the pass rush? Do you think Ojulari and Thibodeau will, will give you enough with those two young guys outside? Uh, why don't we start with you this time, Art? Uh, <clears throat> I think that's where you got to look. I mean, I think you know what you're getting with Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence moving to play a little bit more nose. I like that. Uh, I think he, maybe he fits better in, in that spot rather than expect him to be a pass rusher at end. But Thibodeau and Ojulari, we're going to be talking about it all week. We haven't seen either since they've gotten injured. Uh are they ready for week one? And if they're not, uh, how much do, do the nerves start building uh, that the two young cornerstones that for a week really brought a level of excitement to that position for this team. And now they're both out. Uh, one guy we haven't mentioned that I think is going to have a big role on this team, both personality wise and production is Jihad Ward. And I think he's the guy who's going to get probably a lot more snaps on the edge for as long as Thibodeau and Ojolari are out. And then if they come back, I think Ward, what he showed in Baltimore with Wink in his best season a couple of years ago, was that he can move up and down with his hand in the dirt too, up front. So Ward is kind of that guy where I think he's going to be forced into duty. I don't know if he's going to be as productive if he has a high level of snaps. So I think you want to get quality snaps out of him, but um, look, until we see Thibodeau and Ojolari on the field, I think there's going to be a level, a level of anxiety for the Giants to say, what's the problem with the edge? Because I don't think O'Shane Zimenez and Timon Fox uh, are, are really the guys that you want to go into uh, week one, week two, week three uh, with those guys out there expecting them to play the run well and actually get after the passer. Paul? Uh, well, one thing I like that Art mentioned about Dexter, you know, Dexter is in a new role now. And this was smart thinking by the front office. They picked up his fifth year option. Right. So now 
Dexter is not thinking, okay, he's in a different role. Everyone's it, all, all we've been hearing is he's, he's can be a pretty good pass rusher. He's not going to get big pass rush numbers. You know, it just doesn't happen. So now he doesn't have to worry about that. He's signed for next year. So he doesn't have to be disgruntled thinking, you know, they're not putting me in positions to get to the quarterback. I'm not going to have a lot of sacks. They're not going to want me next year. Oh, by the way, he's signed for next year. So that's smart synergy. You know, that, that works. Um, it's look, this defense is built on their edge rushers right now that, you know, they, they told us what, you know, they get rid of their leading tackler and Blake Martinez. So that's it. You know, the best thing that this, this old regime left for the new regime was Aziz Ojolari. You know, that is a good guy to have waiting there. And what they do with the first pick in this regime, they took an edge rusher. So that is the defense, you know, that is OC and, and tuck that is, Strahan and OC, you know, I'm not saying they're them, but that is what they want this to be built at. And um, it's unfortunate that neither is 100% healthy. Um, are either of them going to play in the opener? I wouldn't say, you know, I wouldn't bet high on Thibodeau playing, you know, I don't know what his recovery time is, you know, he's new here. Um, Ojolari, I don't know how bad that calf is, um, those things can linger. Um, so when they're healthy, and they need to be healthy soon, that is what you're going to pay to watch is those two guys going after the pass. Tom, you could jump on anything on the front there. Yeah, we co- we covered a lot of a lot of ground there. Uh, you know, we talk we talk about Thibodeau trying to break this this mythic uh, rookie sack record for the Giants, and you look at that number and you're like, really? That's that's the most a rookie has ever. I mean, Lawrence Taylor unofficially had a lot more than that, but I know okay. they weren't technically counting that year. Do we? You know. Even even that, what did he get? Was it nine and a half? Nine? I have to go back and look. I don't remember. Where's Paul Dettino when I need him? No, <laughs> nine, nine and a half. But there were there were how many games did they play then? Was it? Um, that's probably only fourteen, right? Yeah. So yeah. You know. all right, all right. So that's and look and and let's so anyway. That, so that, that, that guy Taylor was four a, years ago. He was a flash in a pan anyway, Taylor. You know he didn't do anything. Else. <laughs> he, I think he I think he was a bust. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, but but you know you look at these guys. I mean, before before Ojolari held the record, BJ Hill held the record for for most sack, most official sacks by a rookie. So they've they've never really gotten that that big rookie season from any of these guys, from Tuck, from from OC, from from anybody that that, that they brought in. JPP, they, those guys, he didn't even play on defense his, his first year. So to to have Ojolari be productive as a rookie it gives you gives you hope. Uh, Thibodeau certainly, you would think, has a has a good good shot at uh, double digit sacks if he can stay healthy. And he so far we we haven't seen that. He missed a lot of time in the spring. He's missed a lot of time now in the summer. We, we got to see see what he can do. Uh, but I think I think those are two guys to be excited about. I think the two the two bookends on offense on the offensive line and on the defense. That's that that's the foundation for the Giants moving forward. All right, let's go rapid fire here, guys. Some some fun ones. Who will lead the Giants in sacks? Paul, why don't you go first, real quick? Um, Aziz Ojolari. Art. Leonard Williams. Tom. Kayvon Thibodeau. All right, now we go three different answers. That's, that's what I like. All right, let's go the reverse order. Tom, you're up first. Who leads the Giants in receiving yards this year? Hmm. Uh, Saquon Barkley. Oh, spicy shorts. I'm going to regret this. Kadarius Tony. I really spicy. Oh, I, I like was it. shocked. He, no, why not? He, he is why a first-round pick. You know, okay. Yeah. All right, go ahead. What do you got? I'm joining Paul. I'm going Kadarius Tony. Okay. Very good. I'm trying to think of another good one we can do here. All right, how about this? Over under wins, and I'll just pick the number that the people out there that do this for a living have done and put it at seven. Over or under? Let's start. Uh, I think, or oh, you haven't gone first yet. Go ahead. I say under. I had it at six. I think that's where there'll be a lot of holes. I think they'll be more competitive this year, but uh, I go at six. Tom? I like seven. I think there's there's some wins on this schedule. You look at, you look at the, some of the teams they're playing – uh, there's, there's some wins there in the, in the second month of the year. And if they can squeeze out a couple of division ones, uh, they'll, they'll be all right. Seven. Paul. We're not following the rules. You said if the over yeah, under is seven, you can't pick seven. Well, 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 that means Tom's choosing not to bet. Seven and a half. 
Yeah, you know, I mean, yes. I mean, I think I'm going to pick in the New York Post seven and ten. But if you're telling me over under seven, now it's a different story. I got to pick eight or six, right? Um, I think they can go seven and ten. Um, some people will think that's optimistic. I guess you know Tom doesn't. Um, but the over under seven, I, I would go under. But this is not really a a, a betting uh, the show here today. So we'll, this, we'll yeah. This team, this team, I think has the widest margin of of what they can do that of any team that, I, that I've ever seen I would not be surprised if they won four games I would not be totally shocked if they won 10 games that's that's you wouldn't that's, be shocked if they won 10 I would not be shocked at 10 I mean 10 wins in a 17 game season you know listen there's like I said there's there's some there's some real uh duds on the, on their schedule they have they have an easy path I I think I think that 10 wins would be uh not uh, you know, would not be off my chair. To Tom's they, point, the Giants have games Daniel against good. The, the, the Giants have games on one second against the Panthers, Bears, Jaguars, Seahawks, Texans, Lions, and two against Washington. So I think that's where Tom's coming from with that, right? But all those teams are looking at the Giants going, oh, all right, that's where we're going to get our win. And no, that's and fair too. Forward, like Tom said, I mean, I, 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 uh, look, we, we've seen crazy things before. I mean, there was what one person who picked the Bengals last year to get to the Super Bowl, and we're not predicting that, uh, but we'll see. We'll see what 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 happens. But I think the Eagles and the Cowboys are, as far as talent wise on the roster, uh, are so far ahead right now of Washington and the Giants that that scares me. Is you're already giving up four games potentially in your own division before you even get out out there against the rest of the league. All right, so let's go here. Who wins the NFC East? Paul, go ahead. Eagles. Art. You know, I, I'm going with the quarterback, and I'm going with Dak Prescott over Dylan uh, Hurts. Uh, so I think the Eagles have the better talent, but I think I think Dak Prescott is the best quarterback in the division by far, uh, and I and I go with Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. Tom. I picked I picked the Eagles before they went all in in the past week, so I'm going to stick with the Eagles. Very good. All right, give me your Super Bowl matchup this upcoming season. Who do you guys like? Let's start with you there, Paul. You look confident. Chargers. Um, I'm trying to think who I picked. Chargers. The NFC is tough, man. I was trying to figure this out the other day. The NFC, it's hard to find a team, to be honest with you, unless you want to be boring and pick the Rams again. No, I'm not picking the Rams. Uh, Chargers versus Eagles. Eagles. That'll make Giant fans happy. Tom, who do you got? <laughs> That's what I try to do. I try to make Giants fans happy. <laughs> That's what I get up in the morning and try to do. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you do. Yeah. Uh, in our paper, I picked the uh, uh, an all-LA Super Bowl. I, I was boring. I, I went with the, Ram, the Rams and the Chargers, but the Chargers, Chargers coming out on top. Art? Buffalo, Green Bay. Oh, that's what I have, Art. We were on the same page. That is my uh, my thing. I think I think it's Josh Allen's time, and I think Buffalo is loaded, uh, thanks in part, partly, partially, to some of the people that are in this organization now. So I, I, I go Buffalo, and I think Buffalo wins the the Super Bowl. And I think Art. I think Art should have to cover both championship games. He needs to go to Buffalo. <laughs> In January or February and Green Bay, we got to make that happen. Okay, just for making that prediction. Or right, I think that's the only re- that's the only reason Tom picked the Rams Chargers. I mean, let's be honest. Back to back, to back to back championship games in, at SoFi Stadium. That'd be awesome. <laughs> that would be cool. Oh, I you know what? what? They, I wonder what they would do if they. Both yeah, that's played. a great question. I was going to say, would they play Saturday and Sunday? Is that what they would do? You think? I would. What if the Giants and Jets? Ho- uh, never mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> Too soon. Never Tom. mind. Never mind. Um, <laughs> too soon. What do you mean too yeah, soon? Uh, too late. Whatever. I don't too know. Too late. Uh, I, I, I don't know what I'm saying. All right. Before we say goodbye, guys, each give me like 30, 30 seconds or so. Paint a rosy picture for Giant fans here. We talked about some of the stuff that could go wrong and, th- and th- things of that nature. So if things go well this year, Tom, you mentioned it. You made a chance to get to 10 wins. Point, paint the rosy picture that you guys could realistically see happening this year that you think the Giants would have an enjoyable year. Tom, go ahead. Saquon Barkley is in the conversation for MVP of the league as we get to December, and they are running over everybody behind Evan Neal uh, as as a as a fire engine clearing the path, uh, and and Saquon Barkley slipping behind him in in the in the passing lane. Paul, 
uh, things that make Giants fans happy. You know what? It's a new coaching staff. You know, Brian Dable, welcome to the uh, this new century. You get that first year bump. Uh, the offense looks better. Uh, they they control the ball a little bit. They have a lead once in a while. Giants never have a lead. So what happens with a lead? Oh, now Wink Martindale can say, okay, we can put some pressure on. So the coaching synergy works, and that leads to success. Good. Art? Xavier McKinney is Landon Collins, 2016, is all over the field making plays. He's in defensive MVP conversation. The edge guys come back healthy. Thibodeau and Ojolari both make a run at 10 sacks. And offensively, I'll take it from Tom's perspective. Saquon Barkley is the Saquon that Dave Gettleman predicted when uh, they drafted him. I know I just said a name that Giants fans are not going to be happy, or at least some, but that's how I would paint the picture. And I do like that first-year bump that Paul talks about, about the first-year coaches. You look at what happened with, with Ben McAdoo in 2016, I think you could see something similar if things come together uh, for this team with Brian Dable and, and Wink Martindale running the show. Hey, and what I'll say is that, look, the guys that you hope to be cornerstones of your franchise play really well, right? You mentioned Xavier McKinney. I, you know, he becomes an all-pro caliber safety. You think you're good at your bookend tackle spot, two spots the Giants have been trying to fill for literally a decade. You feel confident about that. Tom, you mentioned it before. You feel confident that you're set at edge rusher with Ojolari and Thibodeau long-term. And those are four guys at premium positions, throwing McKinney as that kind of, you know, do everything safety is becoming kind of a premium spot too in the league. Look what Derwin James just got paid. And you feel like you have really talented guys at those spots and you're set long-term for the future. And I think that'll make Giant fans very happy. All right, everybody, don't miss out on your chance to experience a premier hospitality experience watching Giant games and world-class concerts in 2022. As a Giant Suite partner, limited full-season locations are available or place a deposit for individual games. Call 888-NYG-1925 or visit Giants.com slash suites for more information. Guys, if you want to plug anything, books, papers, articles, stories, now's the time. We'll go around the horn. Art, you first. Uh, check out my podcast. Season two is up and running. Um, had Julian Love this week. And uh, more special... importantly, you had Steve Serby two weeks ago. I mean, I was on, just going to say that for anything show up for that, right? Nobody else can get Steve Serby. I mean, Paul couldn't even <laughs> get Serby on his podcast, but all in uh, with Art Stapleton. You can find it on all your favorite podcast platforms. Thanks, John. Paulie. Well, uh, we're in a podcast mode. The uh, Blue Rush podcast is coming back. Uh, I will co-host with Lawrence Tynes. Giants fans love Lawrence Tynes, right? Two-time Super Bowl kicker. So, um, um, you know, we've had a rough go of it. The team has not been good when we've been doing this podcast and we have often talked off mic, boy, this would be a lot better and more fun and more interesting if they were a good team. You know, it's hard, as you know, John, to go week after week and talk about losing and try. I don't to... know what you're talking about, Paul. Yeah, I understand. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, uh, yeah. this is a state radio. I get it. Um, <laughs> you know, so uh, Blue Rush podcast with Lawrence Tynes and maybe they can win a few games and uh, it'll be a more uplifting conversation. Is there an on the porch with Tom Rock podcast coming? No, no I, I don't have an actual podcast, but uh, Giants fans are welcome to jump in the car with me and, and take the ride from Long Island to New Jersey every day if they want. <laughs> and we can just talk. We can just talk football along the way. I'm, I'm always, always happy to have company. on. Giants that. fans in cars getting coffee with Tom. <laughs> Sounds fantastic. Guys, enjoy your Labor Day weekend. Thanks for being with us, everybody. And we'll see you next time on the Giants Huddle podcast.